We are on the air once again. Caputo. Dustin. Dustin Bones. Yeah. Together. And uh, we're just as energetic as ever. And you're not, you, you, you're wrong if you say otherwise. Yeah, you're a fraud. It's not like we're a little hungover from a big party we had last night when we taped a whole ass finale. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't heard that yet. Yeah, so. that's coming out in a couple of days. So uh, definitely we'll be hyping that up as well in the show. So that, that makes this officially. Our last StreamYard show. Yeah, this is uh, that and the finale is our, our farewell adieu to the StreamYard yeah. platform here. Yeah, and then we're moving over to uh, Restream. Of course, for everybody listening, that don't mean anything to you. It's just uh, the platform we use for content creation. Yes, to bring you this great podcast, the, the great Guns and Radio podcast, the greatest Dizzy Read podcast ever, ever invented getting dizzy with it. That's right. This is this is the best of all the Dizzy Reed podcasts ever. Oh yeah, this is the best one, and uh, we're very proud of that. And today we're going to be checking out. We're going we're going we're going to put up our dukes. We're going to fight for our rights, and we're going to have us a good ass time. But first, you know what we should probably do just to just to keep in the spirit of the show. Yeah, I I think I know what you're thinking of. Let's hit that intro. Hell yeah. Getting dizzy with it. 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 Tried to make my cat dance and he uh he decided he wanted to bite me, but yeah, he said no me. mas, no bueno on that one. Hey. See, that's all I have to do. Damn it, our producer's already attacking one of the co-hosts. Great show. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be sweet. No, no, we're not going to fight. We're going to be sweet. And today, uh, man, i tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, we normally do trivia. Mm-hmm. I wonder what would happen if I Googled the greatest parties Ooh. Since uh, we are fighting for our right to party this week on Getting Dizzy. Really. Okay, okay. So, uh, okay, so I found an article for the top 10 most amazing parties of all time. Ooh, damn. It's pretty epic. This is from How Stuff Works. Uh, so, Okay, I'm looking at the the modified. Um, they've got the top ten list just like at the very top. It spoilers the whole thing before you read the whole article. <laughs> Why? But uh, let's read about a couple of these parties. Number ten. Now this one sounds pretty dope. This is the Sultan of Brunel, Brunei, B R U N E I, the Sultan of Brunei's fiftieth uh, birthday party. All right. You ever been invited to a sultan's birthday? No, I wish. Not yet. Uh, yeah, well, you know, someday. Some of these days. Yeah. We sell our soul to the devil like Jimmy Page. Join the elite. Yeah. Like me. <laughs> Actually, I remember this party. I was here that day. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. 
I was actually at this party. This was pretty dope. So listen to this. It's not every day that you turn 50. Some people, unfortunately, never even reach that milestone. But uh, that may explain why Sultan Haji. Oh, no. The last four digits of his name is A-N-A-L. And I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Hajiano. No, it's, it's anal. Haji I'm gonna say Hasano and I'm gonna be nice. Yeah. Uh anyway, he decided to celebrate uh the conclusion of his first five decades on Earth. And uh let's see, I'm getting just viciously assaulted over here. Are you seeing this on camera? I know yeah, you our, our producer here is just vicious, vicious. This is pretty getting assaulting her. What the heck, man? I know. Okay, so cheat. We may have to fire some before season three. Even we're going to lay down the law right now. Stop it. You can sit on my lap. You can even be part of the show. You want to talk on the microphone? You go ahead and say words. I bet that mic ends up in your face. You will have the floor. I promise. You'll be the star of this goddamn show you start talking. But if you're going to sit here and you're going to participate, you are not going to attack me and bite me every time I reach for the mouse. Do you understand? This is your final warning. Now we're about to have a catapult, and this is an audio-only show. All right, this ain't like when I pick you up and throw you whenever uh, no, when everybody's looking. Okay, this is audio only. Yeah, yeah. I have an audience. I can Ooh. throw your ass as far as I want. Yeah. All right. Now you've been thoroughly warned. I've took time out of other people's show that you're fucking up right now. <laughs> Okay, this ain't pushing a pack of cigarettes off of the kitchen counter right now. This is other people's lives you're affecting right now. So you're going to be cool? No, no, no. You're going to be cool or you're going to get out? Are you seeing this? This little (laughs) bastard. I just gave him the third degree and what's the first thing? Like, he's over here attacking me as we speak. You don't don't give a damn, man. Dude, I've just gotten so immune to this pain at this point. Like... (laughs) That the claws, like they still leave cuts mm-hmm. and they still scratch just to sharpen a paint and hurty as they ever did. Mm-hmm. I just, it's like bee stings to a beekeeper. I just don't really feel it all that much anymore. Matter of fact, argh, you want to fight, boy? Come here. I'm going to give you a big old kick. This is how he gets punished. I hold him like this, like a baby. And then I make, <laughs> see how he's pushing away with all of his might. Yeah. You just smother him and he's like, I don't want this shit no more. No, because see, see, you can punish them in ways that'll make you feel bad. I'll never feel bad about scooping my cat up, putting my face all up in his fur, and giving him all them kisses he don't like. And yep, that's called t- cuddle tag. See, that shit works. He's gone now. Now he's really mad. Now he's, he's like, going to assault. You treat me like a fucking two-year-old on your podcast. <laughs> no, I treat him like a teddy bear. Treat him like a two-year-old treats his teddy bear is what I do. Keep him up and kiss him and hug on him. Because <laughs> then I don't feel bad. Like, if I spanked him, I'd feel bad. But I don't feel bad for smooching on him and kissing on him and stuff like that. All that shit he hates. That doesn't make me feel the least bit bad. But... <laughs> It has the same effect. That's now, true. now that I am safely away from my vicious attacker, yeah, our vicious ass producer over here, son of a bitch. I'm gonna, 
<laughs> I can finally get back into this uh, this party I was at. Uh, so check it out. Sultan, this motherfucker, uh, he has a blowout celebration, all right, with a military march followed by a polo match. Man, I'm telling you, this party was wild. Did I tell you? Damn. Military march and a polo match with uh, Great Britain's Prince Charles. And by the way, Prince Charles was a... Uh, he wasn't no joke on some polo, man. Yeah. Uh, he then gathered together several of a uh, thousand of his best friends, which, you know, me was one of several them. thousand. Jeez. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of motherfuckers there, man. This party was lit. What the fuck? Uh, this guy just invite everyone who's ever accepted a friend request on Facebook from. I see. That's why you accept those friend requests. And if you get an email from a sultan in uh, Brunei, Brunei, yeah. Then and it says, "Hey, dog, I'm throwing this party. You want to fly up to Brunei? Then you should probably accept." Yeah, I mean, it's better than getting scammed by a Nigerian prince. So. <laughs> I am a sultan of Brunei. I'm having a 50th birthday party. I would like you, my Facebook friend, to attend. <laughs> Say no more, fam. All right, free drinks, open bar. I'm there. <laughs> I mean, you can either think it's a scam and uh, delete it. Or you can go party with the Sultan of Brunei. I mean, that's what we did. It was pretty oh, dope. Yeah, man. This party was dope. So anyway, the dinner had the finest champagne and caviar available. See, I don't know nothing about champagne and caviar to know that that was the finest. I just knew that shit was dope. I, and some of these other parties we're going to talk about later that I went to didn't have as good caviar as this one. <laughs> like, I think this was my best favorite caviar of all of the parties I, I went to. Uh, this was probably my favorite. He also flew in Michael Jackson to wobble oh, some shit. That's right, man. I was I knew that was somebody. I couldn't remember. I thought it was Prince for a second. But yeah, that's <laughs> what, right. I forgot it was. Wait, what year did this happen? Uh, this was uh 1996. Yeah. Okay, so it's white Michael Jackson. Uh, yeah, ninety. Yeah, that one. Uh, I couldn't remember. I knew it was one of those guys, though, one of those pop singers, though. I couldn't. I just couldn't remember which one it was. But yeah, it was Michael Jackson. I was say, I he would have would have been able to tell us Michael Jackson was the nose kept falling off every five minutes. Oh yeah, he had a whole show too, man. Like yeah. Uh, I wonder if this set list is on setlist.fm. Oh my! God. If he plays private parties, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, but anyway. You want to know how much this motherfucker paid for this party? A few hundred million. Twenty-seven million dollars. Okay. Well, it wasn't a million, so it was just way further in there. Yes. Of which, uh, sixteen million uh, went just on Michael Jackson alone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, that's one of the. Uh, and today's money that would have cost forty million dollars. By the way, Jesus! And that's just the number ten best party of all time, man. Wow! Like, We're only getting started. I'm gonna tell you about some more of these. Uh, here's another one that was pretty lit. Uh, this is uh, Truman Capote's uh, Black and White Ball. Okay, right. I remember this. Uh, in 1966, Truman Capote. <laughs> released his true crime book in cold blood that book tells a story about uh 1959 murders of four members of the clutter family of kansas uh it was a sad story and uh anyway that book went on to like become a classic so he wanted to celebrate you know give himself like a pat on the back throw a huge party the black and white ball okay 
Now, uh, everybody that went was calling this the party of the century. All right. And see, I was there. All right. So, like, this party was pretty lit. I don't know if it's better than that Sultan party or not. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like uh, Jay Gatsby threw parties of the century. And that was back in like 1930 something. Oh, yeah. This was one of them classy parties, is what this was. Uh, it had, uh, let's see, uh, there was 540 people there, me included. All right. There wasn't just a whole lot of people, not like at Sultan's. Uh, big ass Michael Jackson party, but uh, there was like some politicians, actors, uh, people like that, you know. And it says a few lucky attendees, but I got personally invited, so uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, the attendees were asked to come and attire in black and white, plus uh, wear a mask and carry a fan. Now, see, I thought we go into one of them orgies though, like you see on the internet. <laughs> Um, you, you thought it was a swingers party yeah so I took a bluetooth before I slid up in there and um, uh, I ended up it made for uh, the, 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 the tour because I was also a younger man in the time I just didn't know you know you never won't you won't be sure and um, you know toward uh, toward the end of the party things did get a little embarrassing uh, I, I knocked over um uh, uh, Shirley Fonda was there. I knocked, and so was Frank Sinatra. I knocked over Frankie's uh, champagne bottle. With I had your, not with your blue chew dog. With my blue chew, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that happened. It was embarrassing. But and I said, uh, "Well, sorry, Frank, I did it my way." But like the party was so dope, nobody really minded. I mean, uh, let's see, this was it was at the Plaza Hotel. That's right in New York City, and uh, then we had like a midnight supper. And uh, they had like a uh, chicken hash, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of media attention, and a lot of people got mad that they wasn't at that party. But you know, you, you, you everybody can't be at at every party, man. Exactly, there's, there's one happening every weekend, man. Don't worry. Oh yeah, yeah, and if you're cool like me and Caputo, you get to go to some. Uh, yeah. Let me tell you about this other party I went to. All right. So uh, this was Bradley Martin's, Mr. and Mrs. Bradley Martin's party, okay? So um, now this was uh, uh, kind of not the Great Depression, but there was a little bit of a depression going on in the mm-hmm. States at the time. We had a lot of unemployment. And uh, so these guys, they were trying to help uh, the economy by throwing a big old party. And uh, this happened in 1879. Now, actually, I wasn't at this party, okay? I'll just tell the truth. My grandpa was at this party. So great, 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 great grandpa's at this party. Not that far back, bro. You just went into the 16s. In real life, my great, great, it would be my great, great, great. No, 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 it wouldn't. It'd be my great, great, because my great grandmother was born in 1918. So her mom would have probably been born in like 1901, maybe, you know, especially back then, probably 1905 or 1906. She might have been 16 or, you know, that wasn't nothing back then. Yeah. And because we're getting into Abraham Lincoln. sold off women for cattle back then, so. Actually, we're not, not yet. We ain't in Abraham Lincoln days, but we're right at the turn of the century. Yeah. Because Granny was born in 19, it was my great-grandmother. So I estimate 1901, 1900 for her her mom. Yeah, so we'll just say an ancestor of yours. I think my third grade. So it'd be my great, great, great. Because then she was probably born in about 18. Yeah, this would have been my, yeah, this would have been my great, great grandma. Great, great, great grandma. Because she would have probably been born about 1880. So 
And this party happened in 1897. Which is wild when you really think about motherfuckers throwing down even back. We always been throwing down. That's just human nature. Hell, we're exactly. throwing down in the Bible. There's, there's stories in the Bible about us throwing down. Yeah, are we at the party where Jesus turned water into wine? Oh, well, you fucking missed out, bitch. Dude, could you... Okay, so like somewhere out there, I haven't found it. There's an Egyptian hieroglyphic, thousands and thousands, 20, 30,000 years old, probably. And that motherfucker is probably going to tell the details of some big-ass throwdown party that happened. Oh, yeah. They won't use those exact words, but that's what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, back in those days, before anybody knew this party was going to be a big deal, let's just say this was Kyle's party. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you imagine you, having, having, you, having a party that was so lit that it got documented and preserved in history for thousands of for for 20, 30 millennium. <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that's that's the number eight. It's that particular party. And that party, let's see, had 700 guests. And okay. it cost, do you know how much it cost? Probably like a buck 50. <laughs> Three hundred and twenty nine thousand two hundred dollars. Well, I thought you were talking about a to get in. I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 to throw the whole party. Well, that back in what, like eighteen nineties? Shit, that's, that's a few million. That's a few million dollars now. It's even more. That is nine million dollars today. Holy fuck! When was this article written? Let's see. It doesn't tell. It do not tell when this party, when this uh, article was written. Uh, we'll skip ahead. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a few up to you, right. and uh, we're gonna skip ahead because I really want to mm-hmm. tell you about some dope ass parties. Uh, oh, number yeah. seven is Paul Porette's thousand and second night party. Uh, let's see here. Three hundred people were invited. They had no idea it was his intent. Uh, when their invitation specified they must dress in Persian-style costumes. Uh, and that if they refused uh, and appeared in any other attire, they'd have to immediately leave or change clothes. So he threw wow. a, a Persian-themed party. Interesting. And uh, let's see here. It's a very strict dress code. Fuck, we still have to deal with those these days. Yep. So uh, anyway, apparently the party was a hit and everybody had a good time. That's uh, that's that party. Mrs. Astor's Fifth Avenue Balls. Now, I'm going to tell you something about Miss Astor. All right. Carolyn. I used to call her Carol. Carol. Yeah, Carol. She would uh, throw some of the best damn parties. So she bought this uh, big ass house uh, because her uh, she was like stupid rich and she had this big ass house and uh Let's see here. Every year she'd have an annual party on January 29th. All right. And we'd show up about 10 30 PM. We'd have to wear all of our fine, like tuxedos and shit. Hmm. And it was a classy party, man. But, uh, yeah, she spent a couple mil a year on these parties. And, uh, that's where everybody was at. I remember. That was, was, uh, okay. Um, Around 1853 to 
<laughs> yeah. I guess it's about from 1853 to 1900. God damn, that's a that's like almost 40 years of partying. Well, she th- she could party. Uh, yeah. Victor Pinchucks. So I'm gonna offend somebody one of these days with this shit, but I'm trying not to. I'm doing my best. Victor Pinchucks' 50th birthday party. Oh man, you thought the Sultan was badass. You should have been shit. at this party, man. Is Michael Jocks at this party too? Yeah, dude. So like this dude's a, a billionaire, man. I met him uh I met him uh at the hot dog stand. Yeah, you tried to pitch him an idea, you know, things happened. No, nah, he's just getting a hot dog. We both like the same kind of relish and we was talking about that, you know, just good buddy. Yeah. Uh and uh so yeah, on his fiftieth birthday, uh he had about three hundred people. Now this is uh uh, he used to live in the Soviet Union, is, is where he made all of his money. Damn. And, uh, but yeah, so anyway, like Bill Clinton was there, Christina Aguilera was there. Uh, we had all kind of had good food. It was nice. a hell of a party, man. Uh, that happened in December of 2010. Homer sure. dropped $6 million on this party. Did Bill Clinton have an affair at this party? Uh, probably. I think we all did. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody was guilty, so we just opted to not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Caesar Nichols and the Ale- and Alexandra's 1903 ball, and uh, you know what? There's a lot of Russian shit. It sounds like, and I'm not good at pronouncing names, so I'm just going to skip this one. Uh, Basically, it was a fancy dress party. Uh, I don't even see where it, it doesn't even tell how much money they spent. Have it in 1903. Apparently, it was more dope than the 50th birthday party. I did. Number two. All right. And here's one. Now we're getting into some shit. All right. The number two greatest party of all time August 27th, 1969. Sure. Woodstock. Oh, ha, ha, ha. any gathering of five hundred thousand equals one heck of a one heck of a party, and that's what went down on a six hundred acre dairy farm in Bethnal, New York, in nineteen sixty nine. Back then, four young men teamed up to put on the four day Woodstock Music and Art Fair, scheduled to begin yeah. August fifteenth. And uh, let's see, the event was planned to sh- uh, showcase the music of thirty two. Uh, leading and emerging performers of the day, people like Janis Joplin, Jefferson Airplane, Jimi Hendrix, The Grateful Dead, and The Who. The festival looked like it would be a success beforehand with more than 100,000 tickets sold in advance, but it exploded beyond anyone's expectations as the numbers of attendees quadrupled despite the fact that uh, it poured rain most of the time. Turning the farm into an enormous mud pit. Woodstock was a mostly peaceful party, but many of the uh, attendees used recreational drugs, ran around naked, had sex out in the open, which uh, helped propel the festival status to one of the most iconic events of the turbulent and time-changing 60s. It was also considered possibly the most pivotal pivotal moment in the history of music. Hell yeah. And it's funny, like, they threw the greatest party, then and 30 years later, they throw one of the most disastrous and worst parties of uh, ever, Woodstock 99. Sometimes, man, there ain't nowhere to go but up, or but down, man, when you're at the top. Exactly. You can only, I think they hit their peak too early, it seems like, these organizers of Woodstock. 
festivals in general. That too. But also, you got to remember, it wasn't this hot back then either. Mm-hmm. It's a lot hotter now, I think, than it was back then, probably. Depending on the day. Uh, let's see. Number one. Would you like to know what this website, How Stuff Works, claims is the number one party of all time? Hell yeah. The Boston Tea Party. Ah. <laughs> Shit, that was a rager. Uh, it sounded like it from what we learned in history class. Let's see what they have to say. If you thought all tea parties were formal affairs involving dainty porcelain cups, lace napkins, fancy cakes, think and fancy cakes, then think again. Probably the most famous tea party of all is the Boston Tea Party involved nothing of the sort. It was 1773 in colonial America. Following several years of increasingly rotten treatment by the British, American American colonists had had enough. They were especially worked up over the price of tea. You remember, because we were still a little British back then. We were drinking our tea. Yeah, yeah. still British rule. Yeah. Uh, So on May May 10th, 1773, the British reduced the tax. Its East India Company paid for important tea into Britain and allowed the company to export directly to the colonies for the first time, enabling the company to sell tea at a lower price than smugglers from other nations. At the same time, the British government upheld the tax the colonists had to pay on the imported tea. So then in September, the East India Company shipped 50,000 pounds, or sorry, let me rephrase that, they shipped 500,000 pounds of their tea to the colonists. With the tea en route, colonists clamored for it to be sent back without any tax payment. As it began arriving, some American ports refused to accept the shipments, but the shipment was accepted in Boston, and the royal governor insisted that the taxes be paid. So, on the night of December 16th, 116 men, including Sam Adams and Paul Revere, dressed as Mohawk Indians, boarded the three East India ships and chucked all 90,000 pounds of tea into the harbor. Then they hauled ass. Hell yeah. That's my kind of party. The three-hour raid destroyed an estimate of 10,000 pounds of tea, or about $1 million in today's money. I like how I like how they don't really... The way I, the conversion thing leads that sentence to be read like 10,000 pounds is worth 1 million American dollars. Yeah. It's like uh, they were just talking about weight, I think, there in that context. Yeah. Which one is worth more in that scenario than if 10,000 pounds is worth a million American? Which one is it that's worth more? Is it the 10,000? Probably because if it converts that to it's fucking cheap. I don't know. Oh. Okay. Probably. So if I went to a job. And they mm-hmm. paid me $10,000 for, let's say, in, in their money in some other country, whatever country. And I brought their $10,000 to America and exchanged it for American currency. And I got $10 million. That means their money is more valuable, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you go even like by today's standards, like, oh, one American is 75 cents Canadian. Or yeah. Because if, if you. Basically, when you get more for less, it's it's definitely a better trade-off. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, yeah, it was a three-hour raid. They destroyed a million dollars worth of tea. And uh, 
Yeah. Made American history. Hell yeah. And speaking of Paul Revere, um, the, the band being covered also wrote a song called Paul Revere from this very same album that Hookers and Blow are covering a song from. So it all oh. transitions smoothly somehow. Well, shit. Well, uh, what say you, Christopher? Shall we get into our song of the day? Yeah, it's let's time get for us to get dizzy with it. It is time for us to get dizzy with it. It's time for us to get dizzy with it. Yeah, I believe it is. So we're gonna get dizzy with it. Dizzy with it. <laughs> All right. All right. Hang on. I have it on. I have it here. Oh, yeah, we played this song at all these parties like the told you about. <laughs> Not this particular version, but I guess no, the Beastie no, no, Boys the version? Beastie Boys version, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, we'll, we'll keep playing the song. I'll sprinkle in some facts once we get a pause or whatever. Except there's a lot of stuff about the song. So They played that at that Sultan's party I was telling you about earlier. Oh, Michael Jackson did a cover of the song? Hell yeah. You got a fat, uh-uh, Shimona, for your right <laughs> It's a party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those are some Michael impression. That was pretty good, man. It's better than I could do. I can't make all those noises. <laughs> I can't make those noises, man. I can do Paul Stanley. That's my Paul Stanley and my Michael Jackson are pretty much the same. I mean, if Paul Stanley is a more pitch, Michael Jackson be like this, like, Michael Jackson. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess Michael Jackson's somehow less flamboyant than Paul Stanley. Yeah, it's more softer. He's like, oh, I'm just I'm talking like this, you know. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I just want to heal the world, you know, come to Neverland, bring your kids, it's fine. Please don't. don't it's going to be a good time. You don't know. go to that party. All, all these horrible uh, things in the news, there's you know, just don't believe it. It's the tabloid, the terrible, ruining my life. Are you sure how, about how that? How dare man? you? How dare you attack me with such slander? You know, I'm not. I'm Look, not crazy. Man. I just, I just, you know, I just like to be, be a child. Bro, no, you know, Michael. Nobody's calling you crazy in this interview. You brought it up. We were literally just asking about the new album. No, you know, just all all the tabloids. They they say all the crazy things, and you know, like I, I don't like it. It's all slanderous. I, I, it's it's I, I ignorant. It, a bunch of bullshit. But I asked you, how's the sales on this new album doing? And so then you go off in there. You see how it makes you look guilty because I never asked you that. And you just yeah, started. Yeah, but you were, I, I, I did not hear the question. You were talking about albums. Oh, I thought about a trillion. You know, I'm just the king of pop, you know? Just, right, you know, but you didn't, you, you didn't listen to my question then? Is that what you're saying? My, no, I, you, you, you just asked it wrong. You, you, you asked I asked it wrong. I'm, I'm done with the interview. I'm, I'm done. You know, okay, okay. You're a thunder. You're bullshit. Ignorant. Okay, I, I literally said nothing, Michael. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I tried to like not break character in that. <laughs> <laughs> Great! Now I'm gonna get fucking haunted in my dreams by the real Michael Jackson. 
I don't know, man. When we make fun of Phil Spector, does he haunt your dreams? I'm, not yet, actually. Who knows? <laughs> does Does he talk like this right here? I don't know. No. <laughs> then again, I'm not like a, a hot chick or something that he'd want to murder. So I have no idea uh, what Phil Spector Phil Philip. I have no idea what Phil Spector sounds like. You know how he looks. He looks like a a crazy man. I'm not going to say too much here. But let's just say I never realized I had no idea what he sounded like. (laughs) Until I had a need to know. uh, Who would have ever fucking thought? That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Um, Let's get back into into the song. Yeah, you got that right. I don't want to go to work either. Vicky, man. Now, see, that's still true because I ask her to move back in all the time. Uh, That's the good side about being grown. Okay, so this one's being led by the kid. Yeah, this is, uh, I believe, Nadja. I think Dizzy Reed's wife is uh, leading this one. Oh, that's Dizzy's wife? Yeah, I believe so. I'm pretty sure. I did not yeah. know that. I'm pretty sure. But um, I, should we get into some, I'd say we get into some facts of uh, the Beastie Boys original version. Okay. Tell us some yeah. facts. Yeah, so this is Fight for Right to Party. It was from their debut album, License to Ill. Uh, this released a single in 1986. It reached number seven on the Billboard Hot 100 and was later named one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Uh, it was including a bunch of their own uh, uh, compilations and such. And the funny thing is uh, the whole history behind the song is ironic that the, it was written as like a, a parody, an ironic parody of the party attitude theme songs. And it lists examples like Smoking in the Boys Room by Molly Crew and I Want to Rock by Twisted Sister. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was lost on a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. You don't hear this one very much anymore. Yeah, here and there. I mean, depends. I mean, a lot of other people have covered this too, actually. I mean, you hear it at like ball games and shit. Yeah. Um, speaking of ball games, this actually has a uh, connection to your Kansas City Chiefs. Woohoo, you're goddamn right, it does. Yeah, so because there's a uh, cultural usage here. It says after winning the 2020 AFC Championship game, Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis uh, Kelsey? Kels? Kelsey. Kelsey. Kelsey chanted, You gotta fight your right for your right to party in his post game interview. Then after the Chiefs won Super Bowl, whatever, um, he used the chant again from the song at the Victory Parade in Kansas City. The song's main chorus has since become a cultural reference among Chiefs fans. And the 2020 season became the song played at Chiefs home games to celebrate after each touchdown scored by the team. Damn right it is. Kelsey don't play, man. Travis Kelsey is an incredible athlete. Sucks that we lost Tyreek Hill, though. Moment of silence for Hill. It's not going to be the same without you, Tyreek. Wish you could have took less money. Money, money, money. Yeah. Money. I wonder who we'll lose next season. I did post on Facebook. Actually, I tw- I-, I tweeted at uh, the coach. 
Andy Reid when Tyreek Hill left. And uh, I said, uh, I just want to say on behalf of all Chiefs fans, because uh, everybody was mad when Hill got traded. And uh, I said, I just want to say on behalf of all Chiefs fans that when Patrick Mahomes' uh, contract comes up for renewal, we won't. I just want you to remember this. We will kill you. <laughs> and that's all. God damn. <laughs> wow. We're fighting for our right to party. You're not fighting for your right to bear arms here. Oh, there won't, there won't be a need to bear arms. <laughs> that mob of people will go in there like zombies and tear that ass apart if he lets Mahomes go. Ooh. We end up with Mahomes yeah. playing for some second-rate team. At least let the brother who makes a lot of TikToks go because he's annoying. So, yeah, send his little brother. Yeah, send a TikTok guy out of here. Fucking. <laughs> that ain't what my pop said when he caught me. Yeah, like most of our dads are all hypocrites. My dad didn't. That's true. I I hate when that happens. Damn it. And before we go any further, I just want to say, kids, if you're listening, uh, first off, you shouldn't be. Yeah. (laughs) We're corrupting the youth, man. It's okay. If you are listening uh, and you're like, man, I don't want no job. I'm just going to live at home till I'm 35, 40. Let me just tell you right now. You don't appreciate how bad living at home sucks until you move. Like they tell you, your mom's going to tell you. You'll never know how good you got it till you get out there in the real world and all that shit. That's gaslighting, man. You ain't never going to know how bad you had it till you get out there in the real world. (laughs) You're going to be like, man, this thing, because no matter what, the freedom that is my house, it's worth it. (laughs) I promise you it's worth it. It's worth it. Every day. I fired up a dude in the bathroom before we got on here tonight. You know what? I could have done that at Mama House. (laughs) <laughs> i'd have had to go out in the woods take an apple with me come back lying about what that smell is lying about why my eyes are red thinking on my feet <laughs> damn it uh, before we get back into the song there was another fun fact too actually um carrie king from slayer provided lead guitar on this one and another oh. song on the same album too oh nice well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. So that's why the guitar is pretty kick-ass. That's why it's probably really recognized well. One of those, yeah. Like, yeah. Also, the Beastie Boys did rap rock really well, I think. And then the 90s ruined it, so. Late uh, 90s. Well, the 2000s when Limp Biscuit came in. Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. Eh. And then Linkin Park came along. And then- Linkin Park was fucking great. I loved Linkin Park when I was a kid, like everybody else did. It's just when I got older that their music just grinded on my nerves. Yeah. 
But you know what? This guitar solo. Let's hear it. That's pretty dope. Pretty good, man. Shout out to Alex Grassi. I heard that one a couple of times. Yeah. They never followed up on it. Hey! <laughs> That's a thing. You gotta fight! For your right! Yep. You gotta fight! For your right! Man, think of how controversial this song was, though, when it came out. It just never In some ways, yeah. Oh, more guitar. I think this was brought up in front of the government. Oh, you gotta fight. We go right. The party. Ah, hookers and blow. Right here on getting dizzy with it it's in the rear view mirror it's past it's gone and we gonna talk about it but first how about that party we had um how about that party we gonna have wink on monday for the guns and radio season finale that is totally not already been taped yet and we're hung over uh... his butt it's a hell of a party that you're not going to want to miss. We make big announcements for season four and much more coming up then. Um, we, we do some invasions on that show. Um, Let's give them a breakdown. Here's what you're going to see on the finale. Okay. First off, you know, you like to watch us watch shit, right? Mm-hmm. We are watching the not, sorry, the 2002 VMAs. To celebrate the 20th anniversary of the return of Guns N' Roses. Yes, it's it's been 20 years, man. It just still fucking shocks me. And something weird has happened ever since, the whole time. It's been a weird, wild ride. The the but, biggest one of the probably one of the biggest what if moments in like junior history. What if you know that led to something good? Or you know, yeah. And we talk about all of that uh, during this watch along, and. We are going to, uh, what else are we going to do? We are going to invade the old 77. We invade the old 77. Um, that was, that was really, really good time. Thank you for those guys for letting us, you know, take over for a bit. Oh yeah. And when I say we invade, let me tell you what that segment of the show is like. If you are on the fence about trying the podcast that I just joined called the old 77, and you're like, man, Dustin's just saying that because he's buddies with these guys. You're going to get to sample it for yourself on the finale when the guest of honor that day was Caputo. By the way, that episode is, is out there now. Oh, yeah. So, uh, it was actually uploaded this week. So if yeah, you it's past Tuesday. Look up the old 77 right now. 
than the guest of honor in that episode. I think it's episode 119. I'm going to double check right now, actually. I believe it is. But, I think it's um, episode 119. Your boy, Chris Caputo, is the guest of honor. And Yes, episode 119. It's the one you're going to want to check out. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and they asked you a lot of good questions. You get to know Chris a little better. Hell yeah. And all Sounds that good stuff. I talk about Canada, which is always good. So, Oh, yeah. Well, you knew that was coming up. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you had to know there was going to be some oh, curious about Canada questions. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, we got that, plus the top five moments of season three. Uh, that's something we definitely look forward to. We've been hyping that up for the last uh, five, six weeks. Spoiler. What's up? I'm going to give them a spoiler. Ooh. One of the moments that made the top five greatest moments did not even happen on this show, but Ooh. it involved us, it but did involve it did us. not happen on this show. So when you hear the segment for the first, there's going to, there's going to be part of our greatest moments is going to be from a segment that has never aired on this stream before. Ever. Yeah. Not on this feed. It's on another feed. I can't spoil whose feed, but it was uh, somewhere else out there in the open. So, but you're going to hear it for the first time. If you haven't on Guns and Radio, so definitely right. something to look forward to. Plus, we are going to be reviewing Coma, the longest ever GNR song in history. Yes, uh, I mean if they want to release, you know, a uh, fucking another song. <laughs> it felt it felt that way last night. We were definitely aware that we were listening to the longest song, and because <laughs> at three different points we were like, you know, a normal song would be over by now. And we, oh yeah. We, reviewing it two and a half minutes is the easy point three and a half four is probably like a yeah. tough point and then we're just no. like okay now we're in november eight territory and roses point a little over five it depends four they five have fairly six. long songs yeah i mean 90 percent of them i'd say yeah i mean they're radio friendly but they're like at the the higher end of that radio friendly mm-hmm. time spectrum and um yeah all of that's coming up man this Monday, the big, the big season finale. Woo. It's almost three hours long. Oh, yeah. As always, our finales are always big, jam-packed episodes. We look back at the, uh, the past year of Guns and Radio and then also look forward to the next uh, year and even more of Guns and Radio. Season four is going to be fucking awesome. So, And speaking of season four, uh, I also want to tell you guys, that if you've been paying attention to Twitter, you would know that uh, our bonus show poll has concluded. A winner has been chosen. You guys selected Leeds 2002 for us to watch, and uh, we are going to watch that as part of Premiere Week. Big two-part season premiere. (laughs) Two-part season four premiere. And we may even have a special guest for that one, so we'll see. Yeah, Maybe we'll see what happens. I tell you who won't be see. there. That's cat. Our, our, our producer has now been fired. <laughs> Look at him laying over here. Now he's asleep. <laughs> Don't crawl up here and go sleep now. Yeah, a little shit. Uh, but yeah, man, we got a great week of guns and radio ahead. Uh I'm excited for it. I know Chris is excited for it. I know you should Super. be. Hell yeah, you guys should be. It's going to be a great episode. You know, our finales always deliver, always give you some of our best stuff. So definitely tune oh, yeah. in Monday, our big season three finale. 
we always throw down on the finale so much so that if we would have taped this episode after we taped the finale, then uh, we would probably be pretty hungover and would have had to wait until the next day. Yeah. <laughs> if that happened. If, biggest. <laughs> if that happened. But for now, uh, we're going to review this motherfucking fight for your right to party. Hunters and, and Blow uh, Edition. You choose, Caputo. Caputo's choice. Um, I'll go first on this one. I will definitely go first. This is a pretty decent cover. It's more it's more by the numbers. Um, very much like straightforward. Um, it's it sounds like something like you would hear hookers and blow play like a random show. It's like, oh, they pulled this one out of the bag. It's that's a really cool one. It's something that a lot of people haven't really covered. I haven't really heard that many covers of Fight for Your Right to Party, at least like ones by like prominent musicians. So it's pretty mm-hmm. cool to hear like hookers and blow do their own rendition of the song. And it it, it kind of works well. I wish there was more of you hear like more of Dizzy Reed's like keyboard in there, but and then again, the song really doesn't have much keyboard stuff to play with. Um, I did like that they went with a different lead vocal instead of having Dizzy do it. He had, you know, uh, Naja on the yeah. lead vocals there and you have everyone else come in at the chorus, which really adds like to the, to the cover of it. Cause it's like, Oh, it kind of even sounds similar to the original as well. And that yeah. way they live up to like, cause that's like that iconic chorus. Where all the all three of the BC boys are doing the doing the thing too, so they're saying the thing. They're saying so the what, thing. What number grade is your final number? Your final. Um, it, it's still good. Is it one of the better uh, covers on this album? No, but I would still probably go around three stars out of five on this one. Three okay. fight, three fights for your right to party out of five. Oh, <laughs> three fist bumps. There we go. Yeah. All right. Wow, we got all switched up. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I, I'm i in a similar boat. I thought it was really similar to the Beastie Boys song, which it should be. And um, it would be a fun, if you go see them live and they play this, that's going to be a fun, that's going to be a fun time. You know. Oh, yeah. You would get like the crowd to like pop for that. They would, something the uh, crowd could sing along to in the chorus, you know, you gotta fight. Bah, bah. Yeah. Um, I didn't hate it at all, but it's not. Um, I did like that it was different. Don't get me wrong. I like the uh, changing of the singer every now and then for a few songs like Izzy used to do in GNR. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a great touch for any band that's able to pull it off. And when those songs become hits, that's even better. So uh, that's really cool to me that the that Nadja did that. And uh, I don't know if that's the only song. I, that I, that's the only one I can think of on the album that she leads that we've heard so far. Yeah, so far. Because we still got three more episodes, yeah. three more songs. So, Oh, yeah, we're winding it down. But um, compared to the other things that we've listened to, I didn't think it was all that great. Uh, I'm going to put it right in the middle and give it a two and a half. All right. All righty. And... With that, uh, Chris, what are we going to be listening to? Actually, hang on. Don't tell me yet. Don't tell Ooh, me yet. All right. Tell me yet. Hang on. We got we to we we do this. Got to right. our outro music on. <laughs> there we go. What are we going to be listening to next week on Getting Dizzy With It? Uh, so next week, I believe it's another, uh, it's a double uh, feature uh, Rolling Stones cover here from Hookers and Blow. So it's going to be Under My Thumb slash... Let's spend the night together. 
Okay, so that'll be interesting. Definitely uh, some more uh, some more dizzy singing stones. Yeah, and as good as he did on uh, American Girl, I mean, you know, well, was like that Tom Petty, yeah, rock well, I, I know, but it's, it's kind of that. I put those two kind of bands in the same category. Eh, no way, they both came up around the same time too. Yeah, so I think we're in for something really good next week. Uh, and you said we only got three more. Yeah, uh, so we have this one. So next week, uh, under my thumb slash, let's spend the night together. Then um, the next track after that's going to be No Quarter. I'm not sure who the original band is. And then we finish off with an Elton John cover of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Wow. Which is ironic because the show also airs on a Saturday. Hey. And, and you know what? That's also the finale of getting yeah, busy I mean, with it. So yeah, that, let me get right back into a shot cast. Maybe we'll see. You know. Yeah, and we got some plans for that finale of getting dizzy with it. Ooh. We got uh we're gonna we're gonna bring you a little presentation of uh something that I don't want to talk too much about. Ooh. But if you've been paying attention this whole season, we have mentioned it on the show before. Hell, we even started talking about it. I think we got sidetracked. Maybe. Yeah. And then we decided <laughs> to save it. I don't remember. It sounds about right. Like what something like that. but uh all that and much more to come we still got three more weeks to get dizzy with it let's get dizzy together for three more weeks on this show and uh yeah the shotcast saturday will be back but for now it is time for us to bid you adieu and until next time i am dustin bones and i'm chris caputo join us monday for the season three finale of guns and radio until then, guys, stay safe, peace out, keep on rocking in that good old free world. Deuces. Excuse me, Chris. I was listening to that. Well, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. Why are you go and turn off my music, man? I didn't turn off the mic. You fucking did. Cold blooded. He's alive, you guys! He's alive! You guys! He's alive!
Oh my god, you guys! Who's alive? The band is back together, baby! The band is back together, baby!